I have a message for your wife. Stop sleeping with my husband. Okie doke. With my husband. And you are... The wife of your wife's lover. Does she know what this is regarding? Oh, you moron. Marge is having an affair with Kirk. <laughs> That's ridiculous. No woman would want to have sex with that loser. Uh, and uh, congratulations on snagging him back. Good stuff. Just answer me one question. How did your wife's bra end up in my husband's bed? <gasps> this is Marge's bra. I bought it for her boobs. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, the podcast where we always like to bathe ourselves in oatmeal. This week we are reviewing the third episode of season 17. It is episode GABF19, Millhouse of Sand and Fog. I am Dando. I am Guy, yes, the, the Kirk Van Houten of this particular podcast. Thank you to everyone who has tuned into the show this week. We do appreciate your support. And thank you especially to everybody who has uh, jumped on board the Four Finger Discount family on Patreon. We love each and every one of you for supporting this little podcast dream we have here mm-hmm. at Four Finger Discount. And if you want to join the family, you can do so for as little as a dollar, as we do, say, and you get access to a bunch of exclusives, early ad-free access, and much, much more. Uh, Mr. Davis, we just um, we just encountered each other. I dropped off the the microphone because I borrowed the mic to uh, to record a friend's podcast with Nicola and myself last night, and we um, we'll have a little discussion about this episode here at the door. Just a quick discussion, and your your first initial reaction was, "What a sucky episode!" And I'm going to say, I think roles have reversed from the last season of season 17 episode we did because I didn't like it, and then I did eventually like because I rewatched it. <laughs> you said you didn't like it. Now I'm assuming you just watched it. Correct, yes. After slugging your way, you know, working all morning, you're tired, you're not irritable, but you're, just, you're knackered, I guess you could say, from from busting your hump and you, you, your, your brain's been overworked because you've been working all morning. That's probably not the time to watch an episode to, to critique it because I found myself <laughs> watching episodes late at night after been watching the kids and stuff. You've got to pick your moments. You've got to, you've got to pick the time to, to do a review. And I think just after you knock off work, probably not the time to do it because I really enjoyed this episode. Okay. I didn't, I actually, it's not the best one I've reviewed in recent times, but and there's, there's little nitpicks I'm going to point out, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode, but you, it's definitely not as sucky episode as you as you proclaim <laughs> to be it to be. All right. Now, you raise a very good point. The mood that you're in can certainly affect your impression of a piece of art yeah. or entertainment that you consume. So you're right. I mean, I've had a, a tough morning in the content mines, clarifying and correcting uh, people's work. Working with blithering idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Time for a visit to Springfield and hang out with my favourite family. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, this is one of those seven season 17 episodes I've heard so much about. No, actually. Um, what you just said then, right? You said you want, you want to visit your favourite family. That's the thing that I had to nitpick with this episode was that I was really enjoying this episode when it was just kind of like a sequel to A Millhouse Divided, an episode that we revisited recently with our, our pal Radio Mike. You can find it in the archives. You go back a few weeks in our feed. So I was really enjoying the story with uh, Luann and Kirk organically finding each other once again. It felt real. It felt like this could potentially be something that's happened. You know, Luann's love life's dried up. Kirk's still desperate. They find each other again and, you know, sparks start to fly. But I thought that and I get the mindset of you've got to have a Simpsons character in there. You've got to have a Simpsons character in there. I get why people think that, but I don't agree with it. I thought this episode would have been fine as just being about the Luann and Kirk uh, story. 
You want to throw in Homer and Marge breaking up again after we just did that two weeks ago? Yeah. That's one of the thing that, things that irked me. I was like, we've just done this. She just <laughs> threw him out two weeks ago. Why are we doing this again? And then she, she says, why did I ever marry that selfish loser? I'm like, what? two weeks ago, we had the same story, right? <laughs> we just had this fucking same story two weeks ago. That aside, they seemed to just have... They just forgot to finish the Luann Kirk story. Are they still together? What was Kirk's response? Did they have a conversation about the bra or did she just throw him out? What happened there? <laughs> they, as soon as she found the bra, she throws it in Homer's face and she storms off. That's the end of Luann and Kirk. That's all, we don't see Kirk after that at all, to the best of my no. to the best of my recollection. Yeah. So you're right. And they blew the final third of the episode on just some absolute wheel spinning with Homer and Marge, you know. Breaking up again. Breaking up again. Except, exactly right. So, except for this, except except at least this time, Homer had a reason to be angry at Marge. Normally, he's angry over, or she, he points out something of hers, and she gets angry and she throws him out. Hey, <laughs> your bra was found in the bedroom <laughs> of another man. I, I don't think Homer's. I know she said you don't trust me, but it's like, excuse me, could you at least try? <laughs> don't just throw Homer out because mm-hmm. he's angry that your bra was found in another man's bedroom without anyone... Ex- like, what's Homer supposed to think? Okay, it's, I'm, I'm at fault here. You're throwing me out because I was annoyed that your bra was found in Kirk's bedroom? <laughs> it just seems like a whole lot of seeds were thrown out that could have grown into interesting plants. And, yeah. And guess what? They were, they were considered weeds and they were just sort of yanked out and thrown away. Yeah. Yeah, it, I, just, I, I was just somewhat confused as to why they didn't continue the Milhouse Luann Kirk story because in my opinion that was really interesting yeah. I thought Milhouse's reaction to that the fact that they were more focused on him uh, focused on themselves than him but I thought as I said there was so much more to explore emotion wise with this episode and an earlier episode of The Simpsons in the you know the 90s they definitely would have focused on the emotion it's like they were scared to focus too much on the, the divorce and them getting back together but the story could have been you know they're not paying attention to him perhaps as a result you know he goes and lives with the Simpsons family and they barely even notice that he's gone because mm-hmm. They're so in, infatuated with each other again. And then Marge can maybe go to Luann and say, you know what? Milhouse is feeling pretty left out here. You know, maybe we should do something about this. Maybe they then compete for his love. Again, as a result, oh, no, I'll take him here. No, I'm taking him here. And they realize, hey, wait a minute. There's a reason that we're not together because we don't actually work together. We're, we're not compatible. But I thought a, a good way to, to have ended this story if you want to get back to somewhat of the status quo. And I actually can't remember because I haven't watched too many episodes past this. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they stayed together because they didn't show us them splitting up. So let's just assume they're still together. But if you want to get back to them being separated, right, I thought a good way to wrap up this little, a little a little sort of story plot here could have been that they split up again, but they split up as friends as opposed to hating each other. Mm-hmm. And it's the it's the message for, for younger viewers who are going through this sort of uh, this ordeal. This is okay. This is, this is accepted. You know, sometimes parents, they, they love you, but they just can't live together. And I thought it would have been nice for this story to end up being Kirk, Luann, they got back together, they realised there's still feelings there, but they can't live together. So they decide to be friends, and Milhouse is happier knowing that his parents don't hate each other. Yeah, but I- they're not together, but, they, but they're friends. That would have been a much more, I feel like it would have been a more 90s season episode wrap up there. They would have focused on them getting back, or splitting up again, but still being friends. Just, just give us something. Don't just find the bra and leave it at nothing. Well, yeah, rather than just sort of use this reunion as uh, an opportunity for a cheap gag at Milhouse's expense where it's like, us getting back together, this, unlike us splitting, this isn't your fault, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I find it 
Amazing. And testimony to your um, great generosity of uh, soul and, you know, boundless uh, story sense. You know, you've watched this episode and in the course of this podcast, you've paid more attention to what this episode could be structurally and symbolically than the people who are actually paid to make The Simpsons. I mean, uh, everything you just said sort of makes a hell of a lot more sense and would be a lot more entertaining and resonant to watch than than what we got with uh, with Millhouse of Sand and Fog, which, yeah, as is a common complaint with a lot of ep- I, I have about a lot of episodes, just feel like a, a, a bunch of bits and pieces put together. It didn't it didn't feel structurally sturdy. It didn't feel like no. it was, uh, yeah, well put together. It just kind of felt like, okay, well, we're going to have something happen next. What happens next? Now, I suppose we should put The Simpsons in. Okay, well, there's bits in there that all work. I mean, I could handle a B-plot or a B-story of... You know, Milhouse getting pissed off and roping Bart into it. And so it's like, well, yeah, this isn't better than either. This. How about we break them up again and we do it this way, but then use the final third to sort of, I don't know, not u- not use that as an excuse to then break up Homer and Marge again. We don't, we don't, it doesn't need to happen anymore. It, it doesn't. Just, it's, it's silly. It's, it's almost like it's a running gag at this point. Oh, they're going to break up and get back together. Yeah, except running gags would be funny, and this is just kind of exasperating. It's almost an insult to the intelligence of the viewer. It's like... Do this once a season, perhaps. Give the give, make it matter. Yeah, make and make it, it matter yeah. when it does, as opposed to just, oh my god, they're going to break up again. Because if you keep doing it again and again and again, eventually we're going to say, fuck it, they don't belong together. Split them up. Yeah. Because <laughs> even the fam- even the kids sort of have some sort of like apathy towards it, where Bart's like, oh, it would be better without it. And Lisa's like, when Homer's going through the letterbox, she goes, "Did Mum throw you out, Dad? What are you doing here?" I'm like, "What, what do you mean? Like, How you don't be so sort of." <laughs> Um, <laughs> easy going about that. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying every episode has to be a very special episode about relationships no. or divorce or whatever. But what have we always said that you know The Simpsons work best when it uh, combines heart and humor? Yeah, uh, this was one of the things because in the golden era they very rarely introduced uh, changes to character relationships or ca- like Lisa being vegetarian was one, right? That was very unique and they've stuck with it. I think she's even vegan now or whatever, but very rarely did they do things like that. So the, the Van Houten splitting up, that meant something because they've kept it going and granted it gave Kirk a new life as a character, made mm-hmm. him, you know, pathetic and things like that. You can still have that sort of like element of Kirk there, but I thought that you just needed to end this. This one had such potential to be one of those emotional episodes where it ends and you go, Oh fuck! You got me. You know, yeah. like it could have been so lovely, and they didn't. But even when Bart comes clean to Marge, right? Oh, it's my fault. I put the brother. Marge is like, oh well, I'm going to clear all the games on your PlayStation. I'm still not taking your father back, though. I'm like, hey, hang on. <laughs> Wait, what now? <laughs> so, so of all the things Homer's done <laughs> that you that you you didn't throw him out for, <laughs> the thing that he didn't do wrong is the one you throw him out for. Your bra gets found in another man's bedroom. He get he doesn't trust you. He doesn't believe you as a result. You don't think to go, let's fight, let's get to the bottom of this and find out how my bra got into his bedroom. Yeah. It's just, you're out. And I'm like, <laughs> but so I just thought, yeah, once it became the Homer and Marge breaking up story, I was like, ah, this again, seriously. But I was really enjoying the episode right up until then. And granted, there were funny moments and gags in the last act, but it just, it was just so bothering the fact, and more so the fact that we had the Marge and Homer breaking up just two weeks ago. I'm like, come on. And and just for the very last bit of the episode, or one of the very last bits of the episode where Marge is like, I can catch both of you. You just have to trust me. It's like, oh, 
What? Okay. The theme of this episode is trust. Okay, fine. I get you. You've made it abundantly clear. All right. It would have been just as easy for Marge to say, I've got a rope tied around my legs. I'm going to jump in and reach out and grab you. Not just, you've got to trust me. I'm not going to tell you why. (laughs) (laughs) But like I was saying, it's not a sucky episode. It has a sucky ending. Uh, It had potential. I guess you could say. Yeah. It's the way it was handled wasn't great. I guess- Maybe there are good bits in it, but the sucky bits I found so sucky and so drawn out in their suckiness that I'm like, this is really making me dislike this episode. I mean, I'm talking about mm. like the OC parody or even the Oklahoma. You didn't like that? I liked that. I did not like that. <laughs> what didn't you like about that? That's one know. of my favourite moments. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's not in my favourite moments. It's in your favourite moments, I'm guessing, but not in mine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, was, first of all, was the OC a Fox show? Um, I'm assuming it was, yeah. yeah. Why would they? They wouldn't have said it was a Fox show if it wasn't. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It just it felt like um an advertising tie-in masters a joke. I don't know. I mean, and it just the joke didn't really seem to have anything to it. It's just like okay, what? So it's the Cali- it's California, but they're visiting like a theme park or theme parks, and then they get held up by a guy in a Snoopy suit, all to the tune of California. I don't get it. I don't like it. I thought that was funny. Maybe because I lived through the OC. I was young when that show was on, so I found the parody funny where you were by by that point you were like, not watching this show about children in the OC. You would have been annoyed by the OC, right? No, I was into the OC. <laughs> you into the OC? I didn't mind it. Yeah. I can't imagine anyone I can't imagine anyone like you being into the OC. That that astounds me. <laughs> what, you you liked the OC. You watched the OC. I didn't mind the OC. It was fine. <laughs> I thought you would have sounded like you would have hated the OC and everything that it stands for. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think I was a big. Uh, I liked Seth Cohen and I liked Sandy Cohen. I like. Yeah, li- yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I like Peter Gallagher as the dad. I thought, well, that's an archetypal cool dad. If I have kids, it's the kind of dad I'd like to be like. And then you know, looking at Seth Cohen, I was like, wow, what a cool nerd. If I'd been you know like sixteen or seventeen, that's the kind of cool nerd I would have wanted to have been. The funny thing about the OC was it was so big. For like two years, I think like maybe it was four seasons or something, wasn't it? I remember by the end, yeah. no, it, it went from being you have to watch the OC to oh, you still watch the OC <laughs> so quickly. It was it was like it was like they flicked a switch and everyone just went, I don't like the OC anymore. I think it was when the um the main actress was Mr. killed Martin. off, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah she, she, she died in a car crash or something. Yeah, the the character died in a car crash. Um, I'm pretty sure that was the point where everyone, went, I'm not watching this show anymore. <laughs> hey, my favorite. All right, what were your favourite moments from this episode besides um, nothing? <laughs> <laughs> I have two, and they're very brief. Uh, yeah. But I, I thought there was one re- actually pretty funny gag when I just, you know, you mentioned before how Homer's at the mailbox and, you know, say, oh, you were thrown out. Where are you staying? He goes, well, you're familiar with the Four Seasons? It's like, I'm experiencing all of them because I'm sleeping outside. So, yeah. yeah, it's not bad. That's all right. And a good Homer bit as well is when uh, Luann rocks up with the bra. And he's sort of taking the Homer's taking notes about, all right, and you are, and so and so. And it ends with, I think it's something we talked about recently, sort of that Rodney Dangerfield kind of thing where, he, where Homer said something like, yeah, good stuff. I think <laughs> it was oh, Flexo. Talking about Futurama. It, it Futurama. Yeah, yeah. where, um, you're where all Flexo right. was very, yeah, hey, you're all right. Yeah, you're a wonderful guy. I don't know. Hey, this, you're both fantastic. That last bit of Homer's saying, yeah, hey, good stuff. It just felt very Rodney Dangerfield to me. And I'm like, oh, well, at least I can salvage something from this episode. At least I can spend the next half just thinking about Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> I like Bart storing the, the egg beaters in the, um, in the dog's mouth. It's a bad story, Jerry. 
<laughs> it did remind me of licking frosting off uh, various wooden spoons and uh, and mixes. Yeah. Oh, you're not allowed, you're not meant to do it these days. Apparently, whenever whenever I've been Why? sort of baking stuff recently that's got eggs in it or whatever, and you're whipping up a frosting and says, no, "Don't don't lick the frosting because you know it's got eggs in it. You might get salmonella or some egg disease." I'm like, "What the hell?" But guys drink raw eggs all the time. Yeah, I can girls. I'm assuming. Like, body, I thought bodybuilding was you drank raw eggs, right? Well, Rocky did it. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> and he's all right. <laughs> for all you wrestling fans out there, Vince McMahon did it in the preparation for the 1999 Royal Rumble, if I remember correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed raw eggs was something. Anyway, I didn't realize you can get salmonella from that. I guess you can. But I also enjoyed the um, the Hibbert's New Church. If church was like this in Australia, if there's any church like this, I would actually probably go. <laughs> you get the white version, white people's version, which is like Hillsong. Next question. You there, eating the paste. All right, time for some trivia, Mr. Davis. But before we do that, we need to read out some shout-outs of our incredible patrons, the people who bring you this show each and every week, including our man, Elliot J. O'Neill from the Simpsons Index podcast. If you have not yet checked out that podcast, make sure you do so. Uh, the Simpsons Index, they get a, a more modern episode and a classic episode and they review them together. They're going to have some sort of theme that overlaps in some way, I believe. Uh, we were on there a few months ago, so go back and check out our episode as well. Fine, check out that one. Uh, but the Simpsons Index podcast, make sure you follow them on all the social medias and subscribe to their show. Also, shout out to our man Brian Hughes. He's gonna he's paid us to review Pee Wee's Big Adventure, which we're going to be doing very, very soon, as well as our $50 man, Mr. Andrew Zer. You're an absolute champion as well sir thank you so much for all of your ongoing support and shout outs to the following $20 patrons who support us with $5 every single week got Jordan Moleman Ritchie Christopher Darby Jonathan Rossi Zach Pruitt Timothy Burleson George McMenemy Stephen Roberts Sean Devey Pete Anderson Plain Old Matt Andrew Davis Ryan Dunlap Jared Howard Kevin Zettelplan Flood Joel Yoland Katie G Daniel Kotnick Shannon Hofer Reese Roberts Bella Winderbank Tom Pickering Mark Boston Burgess, Declan Phoenix, Jack McFadden, Heath Appleby, Preston Murray, Adric McLeod, and Lewis Kavanagh. You guys are champions. Oh my God, so many names. I stopped, I'm like, you look like you're going to say something, and then nothing came out. <laughs> I was just taking a, I felt like taking a deep breath after hearing all that. Oh my God. Yes, uh, and following pe- the following people also joined the family this week as well. We've got Yvette LeClement, uh, Reese Wilson, Daniel, Andy Kozlowski, whose son is the man who slapped, uh, who gave the chop on the chest to uh, Cole Cabana that we're discussing in our, our interview uh, last week, if you're listening to this on the free feed. Uh, Mace Brindley, Chris Moore, Wailing Smithers, and the Toothless Mouth of Millhouse. What a Holy name. moly. It's a great well, band name, if you ask me. Exactly. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to all these uh, new friends of the pod. Yeah. All right. What's your first question for me? What, Kurt is reading about how to care for what? When was he reading that? Uh, at the pox party. How to care? Oh, it's his shoes. Uh, dockers? It is dockers, which I believe are actually pants. I was going to say they're pants. Yeah, what do I say shoes for? Do- well, dockers just sounds like a, a brand of- or the dockers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, Dockers is the um, the commercial from um, Seinfeld. Remember they discussed the Dockers commercial? Dockers, yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, my first question is, who did the bra belong to on the OC parody? Oh, Kirsten? Feather. <laughs> Feather. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know how I come up with Kirsten. Uh, my next question for you. Nana would not let Millhouse eat what? It was a cereal. Fruit it Loops. Was. Fruit Loops. Uh, Homer is reading which magazine when he gets the speeding fine or the whatever fine, red light fine. He's clearly a man of taste because he is reading Cat Fancy Magazine. Mm, looks like Snowball 
uh, more Snowball 2 because she's now passed. Just well, the new Snowball 2 uh, on the front cover. Uh, what's your next one? What is the name of Millhouse, Millhouse's therapist? Ms. It starts with, with W. Wexler. Is that right? It is. Dr. Wexler. She didn't go Dr. to Wexler, medical school. Ms. Wexler. Called Ms. Wexler. Yes, of course. You silly fool, Brendan. And my final question is, what is Bart going to dress up as on Halloween that year? Millhouse asks him. Dog do. Dog do. A pile of dog do. How would you dress up as a pile of dog do? I don't know, maybe roll around in actual dog do? Yeah, possibly. Because like, it would look like the shit emoji. Do you remember those fake dog shits? Did you ever use those to treat people? You know, the ones that like, they're sort of like slimy and sticky and you put them on the floor and they even like, people touch them and it's like, it, it feels mm. like shit. Have you ever seen those ones? <laughs> you know when you get like your sticky hands, right? And they're sort of like squishy, right? So you can get fake dog turds, sort of little like pile of dog turd. I remember, I'll never forget, I went to my nan's place and put it on her floor and I said, ah, oh, sorry, the, the cat, the, the dog pooed on the floor. And she walked in, she goes, oh, smells, fucking smells. And I was like, my Nan, it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and you wouldn't kick the dog. It was like, oh, man, stop it. Yes, uh, miss you, Nan. All right, so that is the <laughs> trivia for uh, Millhouse of Sand and Fog. We'll be right back, guys, after this short break with our review of the episode. Four Finger Discount is brought to you by our friends at Davy Boys Toys, Australia's number one source for action figures, statues, as well as the newest and rarest Funko Pop vinyls from around the world. Save 20% off your entire order with the code FOURFINGERDBT, as well as free shipping when you spend over $100. So grow your collection today at davyboystoys.com.au. The original air date of Millhouse of Sand and Fog was September 25th, 2005. It was written by Patrick M. Verone, who has written a couple of episodes of Futurama, including Ooh. A Fish Full of Dollars, where Bart gets the um, the sardines. Or the, and the anchovies, I should say. And Fry gets the sardines, even. What did I say? You said Bart. Ah, oh, Bart, yes. Oh, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but that's a really great episode of Futurama. Well, that's the one that's got the um, I Love Big Butts. You know that scene where he's in his undies? <laughs> Classical music. <laughs> Listen to the classical music. And the, yet somehow we also wrote this episode. No, I'm just kidding, Patrick. Yeah, no, you're no. great guy. <laughs> you're all right. You're fantastic. <laughs> if you do want to hear a review of that and you want a patient, you can find it on our Patreon channel. We are about six episodes into season two, so you can get the complete first season of Tales of Futurama plus the following six or so episodes from season two for just $5. Just $5 is all it costs you to get full access to every episode of Tales of Futurama, the full archive. So if you're a fan of Futurama, I highly recommend you do so. And in the process, you're supporting your good old friends here, Guy and Dando, at Four Finger Discount. What a bargain. A bargain. It's a bargain being here at Four Finger Discount. Uh, and it was directed by Stephen Dean Moore. So the episode, oh, sorry, we got uh, no chalk gag, but the couch gag was where the family are sitting on the couch and we get, uh, it's got a TiVo. So TiVo, mm. does that still exist? TiVo? I don't know if TiVo still exists. The process still exists of like digital recording, but uh, I think TiVo was, it sort of became the brand name for it for a little while. And now people just call it DVR or something, digital video. Ah, so, so that was just, so it's kind of like when Nicola says, I'm going to hoover the floor. It's like, you're going to vacuum the floor, not hoover it. <laughs> <laughs> it. But it's funny, when I was a kid though, I used to call a toasted sandwich a Breville sandwich because Breville oh. was like the, the main brand of toasted sandwich makers. Like, I'm going to have a Breville sandwich. And it took me, it wasn't until I was a teenager where I went to one of my friend's places, I'd want to make a Breville sandwich. I was like, oh, fucking what? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, uh, I need a Kleenex. It's like, maybe just have a regular tissue. I'm not going to buy yeah. name brand stuff for you. Nicola calls um, Band-Aids plaster. Did you know that? I did not know mm, that. Oh, a 
plaster, as she would say. Anyway, enough about uh, calling things <laughs> funny names. <laughs> they delete the recording. Um, and I bet Guy wishes that he did so as well, this episode, by the sounds of it. That is correct. <laughs> there was a kicks off with um, them at church, and we got st- quit stealing our letters on the, um, on the sign. And he just stole the, the threes, the didn't he? Yeah. So, th- obviously, the E's were being stolen to replace them with threes, so he steals the threes. Yeah. Maggie is scratching like mad. Isn't it funny how everything sort of comes full circle? Recently reviewed Chicken Pox on South Park with a Pox Party, and then we've got Chicken Pox Pox Parties here in this episode. Plus, there was something else that that full circle. Maybe it was... Uh, I can't remember. It'll, it'll come to me. There was something else where I was like, ah, oh, oh, Lucius Sweet and Tatum were in the church. That's, That's right. That's correct, we just did. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's all connected here in the great circle of four-figure discount. <laughs> but, but Maggie's scratching um, um, during her prayer. So she looks for Dr. Hibbert, Miss Marge does, and Reverend says he's gone to his um his own boisterous house of worship. I mean, like I said, I'd totally go to this, but we had Carl, Lou, uh, and look like, I want to say Exhibit, I believe the exhibit's been on the show before, but it looked like it looked like someone like exhibit was was near um was near Lou. We also had Lois, uh, Lewis, sorry, one of Bart's friends from school, mm-hmm. and then we had. Did you see who was in the background? He's one of your favorite, like one time only, or not obviously one time only characters now, but he's known for one moment on The Simpsons, and Ooh. Krusty was going to bonk him. Oh, <laughs> Radio Sideshow Ra- Raheem. Yeah, that's right. Sideshow Raheem. Was he there? Oh, fantastic. He was in the background, yeah. Because I saw Lucia Sweet and then I saw Redrick Tatum. I'm like, oh, nice. Uh, shout out. Yes. Callbacks. Fantastic. I like the <laughs> that, that moment, though. The script says I'm supposed to bonk you with this. I wouldn't. wouldn't. Right on. <laughs> right on. <laughs> but as Bart says here, black god rules. And Hibbert says that Maggie has chicken pox, so it gives us some lotion to um to put on the scabs and the scabbing will heal. The scabbing will heal. Dr. Hibbert? Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate to interrupt while you're rejoicing, but Maggie is terribly itchy. Mm-hmm. Oh, this looks to be the initial stages of chicken pox. Say amen! Amen! Coat Maggie with this calamine lotion and the scabbing will heal. The scabbing will heal! The scabbing will heal! Heal my scabs, Lord! Praise the Lord! I can walk again! Mm. What? My foot fell asleep. Then we get Maggie scratching like mad, and it's honestly, it's like this. I, yeah. I mean, I hate... I, I still remember getting chicken pox. I hated it. It was just so itchy. It's kind of the, You know when you get an itchy bite... And it's fine. We say itchy bite. It's a mosquito bite. We, yeah. I call it an itchy bite. And it's fine. But the second you remember you got it there, you're scratching for like half an hour. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you scratch it enough and it's going to, oh, it's going to start bleeding. Or if you're scratching a little, it's like, oh, that's not going to, it's only going to make it worse. So, hmm. yeah, you've just got to really use your absolute willpower. And like, oh, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Oh, man. I remember my mum put like um, oven mitts on my hands because she's like, you were just scratching like mad. So, I had to put the, um, the, the gloves on you. But- I feel with my kids, so they're going to get chicken pox. I would rather wait they get it at an age where even like five, you know what I mean, where they're old enough to sort of understand why yeah. they can't scratch it. Because gotcha. getting it when you're two, it's like this baby doesn't understand why I'm telling I'm, I'm, I'm preventing her from scratching something itchy. itchy. I'm going to come across like a monster. Yeah, <laughs> whereas if you say, yeah, well, you try to provide, you know, even the most basic or fundamental of reasons, you know, a five-year-old will probably go along with you. Or you just say, yeah. You won't get any presents from Santa this year if you scratch. <laughs> That's the best one ever. Santa's watching. <laughs> <laughs> you know, itchy kids are on the naughty list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Maggie's scratching yourself with a grater and the bare knife here. What's the most dangerous utensil you've scratched yourself with? Oh, probably like a really sharp knife. 
I've, I've had a knife before and I'm just like, I'm eating my dinner or whatever. I'm just on oh, knife's there. I'm just like, oh, I've got an itchy arm. I'm just like, <laughs> scratch my arm just dinner. slightly. And then you start chopping your steak again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But you sort of like scratch your arm or whatever. And it's like, you're very careful, but sometimes oh, yeah. you just do silly shit. But like, have you ever done that? Scratch yourself with something like a knife? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Knives and forks. <laughs> yeah. But usually, and, and like a really big carving knife one too as well. It's like, really? hey, I've got this here and it's got a little pointy edge. Just be very gentle. Very gentle. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the guys that get their neck shaved with proper straight, like blades on the razors. No fucking way am I ever letting a guy go near my neck with that. I know that is a ninety nine point nine percent chance that they're gonna not hurt me. But still, I'm just like <laughs> I'm gonna be that point zero 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 one percent. Go right ahead, mate. I've I've only had a, a straight razor shave once in my life. Yeah, were you scared? No, not at all. I mean, it was in. And this was even sort of the pre-hipster era. I mean, there was some place in Melbourne that was like, we're like an old-timey barber joint, um, as opposed to all these new-timey barber joints that are up now, you know, where it's coming who, who run beer by, and, you Who know, are run by 21-year-olds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this was, you know, old-school gentleman. It's like, uh, he wasn't necessarily an old guy who was shaving me, but it's like, uh, you look like you've shaved a neck or two in your, in your time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you to lather me up. And uh, and shave me down, as they say. And okay, well, mm, that's mm, baby skin smooth. Why haven't you done it since? Is there a reason? Was it just I've just got a beard now? Yeah, I suppose you never shaved. Do you? I don't think I've ever seen you without a beard. Did you shave when you were at Pop Culture at all? I feel like I remember you shaving once. Oh, or maybe trimmed it right down. Maybe it was just like the Stone Cold Steve Austin sort of goatee with the mustache. You shaved it down to quite possibly, yes. Yeah, yeah. Need to go do that one more time. Or does the lovely Louise just not want you without a beard at all now? She would prefer I kept the beard. <laughs> there was one time, I think, early in our relationship. By the way, um, mm. I don't know if the lovely Louise is listening to this, but happy anniversary, baby. Today is our fourth anniversary. Oh, shit. What are you doing tonight? We are going Besides to- Besides each other. hey oh, hey We are going to a delightful uh, looking, we have not been there yet, uh, French restaurant. Uh, is it the one on Marble Street? No, it's in Steam Packet Place in the city. What's it called? Uh, I want to say Cochette. Hang on a sec. I've never heard of this place. Nicola and I decided, whilst you're finding it, Nicola and I decided what we're doing on our anniversary day during our friend's podcast last night. So oh. if you want to find out what we're going to be doing, uh, listen to that podcast. If you, even if you're not a fan of Friends, check out the podcast. I guarantee you'll enjoy listening to Nicola and myself banter. It's very sweet what we decided to do on the spot. Spur of the moment. That's a sound. rational decision, but... It, that fun. sounds delightful. Well, the lovely Louise and I are going to a place called La Cachette. I hope it doesn't taste like a shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to go home and watch Nanti de Fiancé. Yes. Well, that is your show, isn't it? So sounds delightful. It is indeed. How do we get to this? <laughs> um, getting shaved. All right, scratching yourself. <laughs> scratching yourself with dangerous <laughs> shit. <laughs> yes, no, but the lovely Louise, um, early in our relationship, um, yeah, saw me when I'd trim my beard, particularly around my chin, very, very uh, close. She said, not sure if I like the look of that. <laughs> I said, nor do I, really. I think I might have cut it a bit close. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very conscious of how I uh, maintain my facial hair now because I'm yes. letting the lovely Louise go. So, by the way, uh, happy Valentine's Day upcoming for all our patrons. Listen to this. And for all the, you guys out there on the on the free feed, hope you all had a fantastic Valentine's Day, however you chose to spend it. <laughs> all right. So, we get back to the episode. Maggie's scratching herself and, you know, Marge is trying to say, stop, stop, stop. Homer walks in. He's got chicken pox as well. And they never sort of tap into the fact that it's dangerous for him because they point no. out it's dangerous as an adult and then he gets it and then there's nothing. Yeah. It's like, 
shouldn't have he been I guess it's not proven that you get sick there's just more chance of getting sick when you're older no but they pay lip service like it's not good for you homie you could get sterile down there <laughs> yes yeah always gotta play it blue don't you Marge then Homer um, he's annoyed he's outside he's annoyed that he can't go in there Bart is um is licking the uh, see, that, that could, if you want Homer to be out of the house for the episode there's, there's your out hmm. he has to stay away because he's got chicken pox yeah problem solved <laughs> Oh, why aren't we running this show? Bart is licking the, the beaters, puts it in the dog's mouth, and Homer's annoyed by this. Then Flanders, got a few good Flanderisms here again. I thought you would have appreciated these. They're almost le- leaning a little too heavily into the rhymes, though. They're almost turning yeah, him into... Get disease uh, when you please. Yeah. They're turning him into Kendrick Lamar. That is my middle-aged white man reference of young pop culture for the day. <laughs> the kids are into Kendrick Lamar, apparently. <laughs> Everyone's into Beyonce this week, apparently. Everyone's like, she... Apparently they put her in, in um, categories against nobodies or something. I, I didn't watch the Grammys. I don't know, but we. I think we have we uh, give the Grammys about as much credibility as the Simpsons does. As the Simpsons do. Yeah, I forgot they were even still doing that. I don't know. I just saw that. Um, <laughs> no, I. I won't say what I was going to say, but I will say this about Harry Styles. But yeah, Harry Styles rocked up in androgynous clothing again and said, "Well, they don't often give awards like this to guys like me." It's like, you mean? Handsome white male pop stars. Pretty sure they do that <laughs> every single year. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you're wearing a very nice onesie, Harry. Hey, Homer, why the sour puss? Did you chug a lug of skunky snapple? I don't know, maybe. Plus, my wife won't let me inside because the baby's got chicken pox. <gasps> really? Do you mind if I bring my boys over so she can infect Rod and Todd? Then there'll be a pox on both our houses. Why would you do that? Are you a bad parent? Oh, contraire, man with no hair. You see, Rod and Todd could only get the chicken pox once, and uh, childhood's the safest time. So you want Maggie to infect your kids? You betcha. In fact, some parents have been known to hold pox parties so other kids in the neighborhood can get the disease when they please. And would they pay handsomely for the privilege? Well, they might, but you'd have to be awfully money-grubbing to charge your friends and neighbors. Fifteen dollars to infect your kids! Now featuring the Poxbox. Poxbox not recommended for pregnant or nursing women. As with any disease, box results may vary. Poxbox. So we're now at the Pox party, and Maggie is bathing in the punch bowl, and various kids there with their parents, including Kearney and Baby Kearney. Yes, and um, who, whose dad appeared in the home where they fall? It's a very weird timeline, very weird sort of family tree that that Kearney family. And uh, Kirk then drops off Millhouse. And uh, Marge invites him in. He says, you know, you don't have to wait in the car. You can come in. And we're, we're just having a few drinks and poking fun at the parents that aren't here. And I was like, ah, oh, sort of like a continuation <laughs> of last episode. That's true, which uh, was something we did enjoy about last episode. Absolutely. Unfortunately, though, for Kirk, they were talking about him and his urinary blockage. Maggie then coughs on all the kids. She's making a grand parade entrance. And Ralph says he, he feels like a chicken already. He just made an egg in his pants. And I'm like, oh, it's unfortunate. Yeah, okay, that's, that's certainly a line that you can use in that situation. Yeah, Wiggum, um, he wants more of the silly slush. And he's sad because he doesn't know why Lou doesn't like him. I'm like, probably because you're mean to him all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you're always mean to Lou. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then Luann arrives. And at first, Kirk's confused. Like, Luann, what are you doing here? I'm like, didn't you say Luann was going to pick up Millhouse? Well, maybe he's just lost track of time because he's drinking all those yeah. margaritas. Yeah, yeah, who knows? But um, Marge says, you know, no, both stay, you know, have some margaritas, be good. And he says he can't wait because he's never had one without a cigarette at the bottom. Homer then introduces Krusty, but he's only paid for 20 seconds, so Krusty doesn't even finish the gag. <laughs> I feel like they've done that before. That, that joke didn't really need yeah, it. Yeah, Krusty rushing through stuff Yeah, is mm, not necessarily old at this stage, but uh, you, 
I mean, the best one is, of course, remains the um, recording booth or the recording studio. So, I mean, if you're going to do it again, you've got to yeah, put a little bit more of a spin on it than you have that, here. That, that, that recording studio is the best one. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Learn from a professional kid. Learn from a professional kid's just the best. <laughs> uh, Luann then compliments Kirk. She's had a few drinks now, so she's... Sparks are starting to fly again. You've been working out. Oh, dogs have been chasing me. Nobody's been chasing me. So I was like, oh, this is my in. And then I liked how he's been saying, what about that guy that, you know, drops you off after he's done this and then he goes to the gym? <laughs> Did you know his taillight's broken? <laughs> <laughs> and she's, he says, oh, does that mean I've got a chance? And she has another drink. And anyone's got a chance now. Almost anyone's very, got a chance now. <laughs> very promiscuous old Luann, isn't she? Oh, well, she's a woman who knows what she wants. Exactly right, yeah. <laughs> Milhouse then catches them kissing. This next moment may be one of my most hated moments that we've reviewed so far. You think that's dramatic? Mr. Stomach, are you hungry? I'm always hungry. Now make with the pizza, fatso. <laughs> You're the stomach. I have to do this for work. Homer was just saying to everybody, thanks for coming, hope you had a great time. You're seeing people out. Mm-hmm. At the same time, at the same time, it's nerd alert, nerd alert. So Homer's saying goodbye to everyone, thanks for coming. At the same time, Milhouse walks in to find his parents kissing in Marge in Homer's bedroom. Why he was looking in there, or was looking for Bart maybe, I don't know. He opens the door, he sees them kissing in the room, right? Mm-hmm. Then Bart says, you think that's bad, look at this. And Homer's just then magically in the bathroom with a mm-hmm. face drawn on his stomach, feeding his stomach pizza. For what reason? Why? What the hell was that? Here at Four Finger Discount, we can uh, excuse lapses in continuity over the course of many, many seasons of The Simpsons. What we cannot condone and will not condone, what we won't stand for, is messy continuity within the space of an episode, within the space of like 20 seconds. No, we won't stand for it. It was just at the door saying goodbye to everybody. Milhouse, at that moment, finds his parents. But the thing is, what the fuck was that? Feeding his belly... what? I don't know. You're, you're coming around to my way of thinking, aren't you? This is not a good episode. No, no, no. The story has potential. That's what annoys me the most. It's but got good bone. It's got good bones and ugly ass skin. Yeah, but the fucking that that moment there. That's yeah, one of those no, moments where if I, if I was watching that with Nickel in the room, I would be embarrassed that I'm watching this. It's just like oh, what yeah. what even is that? It's I don't know how that makes it into an episode, to be completely honest. It was just ridiculous. Ba-bow. We come back from commercial and Bart is somehow, for some reason, waiting until the next morning to tell everybody what Milhouse saw. So it wasn't a case of Milhouse then Bart mm. go run down and tell Homer or tell Marge that Luann and Kirk were kissing. He's just telling it over breakfast the following day. Mm. That aside, oh, no, this is, this is where Homer has chicken pox. I skipped forward. Homer hasn't got... Hasn't got ch- Homer's never had chicken pox. So I said before, when I was, so he gets a chicken pox here from the party because he was drinking Maggie's bottle. So yeah. he um, wants to get chicken pox, but then Marge says, don't get it. Uh, but this, this point here, this is where he finally gets it and he uses the heads to scratch himself, which I thought was a funny visual gag. Mm-hmm. And then Kirk and Luann and Milhouse are now at home. And By the way, we did, uh, there was at least one funny line in, in Bart's um, uh, description of uh, busting Kirk and Luann, which was, kiss me like we're in a fancy hotel. The next moment here, though, this is where there was, you know, there was stuff to flesh out. So, Kirk, Luanne, and Milhouse. I liked Milhouse's response here. Son, we want to talk to you about what you saw in the Simpsons' house. Well, I didn't see anything to get my hopes up, if that's what you mean. 
Well, maybe you should get your hopes up a little. They're already up! They're sky high! We're seeing some depth to the character because for all this time now, it's just been almost treated as a joke, the way Milhouse has been treated in this divorce and, you know, he's got a, a father who's depressed and suicidal and his mother doesn't really pay much attention to him, blah, blah, blah. So it's nice to see Milhouse, you know, getting yeah. a win for a change, something something actually coming up Milhouse. And, um, you know, he's very excited and they're saying it's going to be a trial on separation. And then we get the line, like you said earlier, unlike the breakup, this is not your fault. And I was like, I'm pretty sure we've mm. all watched the episode A Milhouse Divided and none of that was Milhouse's fault. Yeah. It was all Kirk's fault. <laughs> And even if they're trying to, you know, sort of, oh, we're making fun of Kirk and Luann's selfishness, you know, when they're in this process where all they're thinking about is themselves and each other. I don't know. It's still just not – it doesn't make sense and it's not funny. <laughs> what I did like, though, was the the um, the vision. I thought the vision was nice. Obviously, the song helps. Our house is a very, very, very nice house. Mm. But I, I just liked – you sort of saw all the emotions that Milhouse has gone through over the, the recent seasons, you know. Being a kid in Milhouse's situation would not be fun at all. Um, but, you know, he hasn't daydreamed in colour for so long. But I really did yeah. like the... Because he's a kid, he's marrying Lisa and spending his wedding day on a jumping castle. On, like, on a bouncy house. Hey, that'd be fun. <laughs> but he wakes up in an ambulance after having a daydream in colour. So, as I said, it was nice seeing Milhouse get a win. Homer is having a bath in oatmeal, um, but he keeps eating it. Then work calls. And this was another dumb Homer moment. Mm. The trucks are like big cars. I'm like, what? <laughs> Why? Yeah. Find a baseline level of stupidity. Yeah. It can be low. It can be He can be real dumbass. But don't go below that or don't then go above that. I mean. Like, that's stupid. That's stupider than I just made an, an egg in my pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, this next moment I really appreciate it as well. Because I think most guys can relate. All right, Luann, I think it's just for, for pure honesty and openness, we need to discuss who we've dated. Well, the sea captain, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Most guys would be like this. I don't know. Just don't, just, just don't tell me about it. <laughs> Millhouse wants to know what they're going to be doing as a family. He suggests a few things they can go and do, but they say they need more time to get reacquainted. And, you know, why are you laughing? Private jokes are rude. So here I'm like, okay, so this story is delving into the fact that oh, now they're going to be focused on themselves yeah. and Millhouse is going to be the one left out. Where are they going with this? Nowhere, really, in the end. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it could be really interesting if you explore the fact that um, whether they're at each other's throats or at each other's other parts, pieces, um, they're just bad parents. <laughs> yeah, they're not. Yeah, I and, mean, yeah. They, they don't work well as parents because they're either – Oh, you suck. No, you suck. And we're ignoring our child. Or, oh, you're the best. Or you're the best. And we're ignoring our child. But that's where I was that I was delving into before where it's like, you can go down the avenue. They're bad parents when they're together as a unit, right? Yeah. So you can have them sep- realize this, remain friends, but be separated. So they're friends, but yeah. then both as a result, both better parents to Millhouse. But yeah. in turn, he no longer feels like a child in the middle of a hateful relationship and feels bla- feels like he's responsible for splitting up his family. It's like, oh, wait a minute. It's my parents who can't get along, not me. Yeah. And that's that's the conversation you could have had at the end where it's like, Millhouse, you're not the problem here, son. We love each other, but we can't be with each other. But that does not mean that we don't love you. We never got that mm. kind of moment. I thought that is how Classic Simpsons would have finished this. They would. But at the same time, I don't know, you've got to think a little way down the road as well. I mean, if you have them sort of parting as friends and all that, I mean, it's nice and it's good for this episode and it does make sense. But at the same time, having them kind of, well, they don't resolve it at the end of this episode anyway, but having 
Kirk and Luanne as kind of combative or having them separate but still kind of hot for one another and they, you know. Occasionally hook up. Yeah. But then, you know, one will like, no, I'm seeing someone else. Oh, really? And start stalking or whatever. I don't know. There's possibilities in there and it doesn't seem like they explored any of them. A running gag could then going forward be that they hook up without Milhouse knowing, Dr. Confusion. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll get his hopes up. So it's like they're doing it for themselves and for him. <laughs> yeah, that works. Yeah, I don't know. But just, yeah, this episode doesn't give us anything. Something would have been nice. <laughs> <laughs> Something. <laughs> so uh, Milhouse goes to tell Bart he's annoyed that they're not competing for his love anymore. You know, Bart's annoyed as well because he used to get the spillover, you know, all the various things, you know, two Christmases and soda <laughs> at dinner. And then Bart says, let's, let's break them up again. And you know, speed up, they're, they're going to be breaking up anyway. Let's speed up the process. And Milhouse, we get the, the imaginary friend gag where he says, my imaginary friend never would have made me do these things that I know are wrong. And then Bart's like, yeah, well, we got rid of him. And I was like, okay, whatever. So Bart's a bad friend. <laughs> you, it, Bart's kind of a shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't like him when he's this mean to Milhouse. And I know this, you know, The Simpsons doesn't have to be all touchy-feely and everybody's buddies or anything like that. I think there's, you know, often in childhood and, and adulthood, you know, just in human relationship, you, you'll sometimes have a friendship dynamic where it's like, okay, you're the sidekick. You may not think you are. You may think you're the star of your own story, but really you're the sidekick. Um, and maybe the upper hand or the alpha in that relationship is going to exploit it. But it happens so frequently and so coldly between Bart and Milhouse. And I'm kind of like, find another mate. <laughs> well, I think we may have even discussed this. Milhouse kind of deserves it sometimes. So I'll take you back to the episode Bart Sells His Soul. Right. Bart, uh, Milhouse was a shit in that episode. Mm. But there, there is a line you've got to sort of decide on. Like you were saying with Homer's stupidity. How cruel can Bart be to Milhouse before it becomes, why are these guys even friends anymore? Yeah. And then when that line is crossed, that becomes an episode or that becomes something that happens in the episode. <laughs> Luann, I'm moving my stuff back in. Uh, Dad? Mom says you're stinky and gross. Your mother said that? This is so great. I mean, she used to keep her criticisms all bottled up until they destroyed our marriage. <laughs> and I guess I am a little funky. Well, this is what cologne samples are for. <laughs> I love that, uh, that Kirk's a GQ guy because this is something that I used to do. GQ is short for Gentleman's Quarterly. It's a magazine that's, you know, basically full of ads for belts and watches uh, with the occasional bit of a, uh, with the occasional article in there. But something they used to do, and I'm not sure if they still do, back in the day was they'd have a little flap with a like and you'd open it up and it'd be a sample of some aftershave or whatever and god knows how many times i would open those and rub my wrist on it trying not to really? get a paper cut but uh, <laughs> it's, like, ooh, it's like a free sample of this exotic uh, cologne that 17 year old guy is going to wear out and go what's that smell so what you did for your first date with the lovely louise uh no i um i got fancy and i used uh, aftershave in a bottle Oh, wowee. Upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> she was worth it. Indeed. She was bottle worthy. <laughs> um, but anyway, so as we said, uh, Kirk's using the, um, the the samples from the magazine. Then he tells Luann that Kirk let him drink a beer. She says he's addicted to fibbing. I like the word fibbing. It's just mm. you're be, being called a liar. Is, is, you don't want to be called a liar. Being called a fibber, it's like, ah, you got me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he tries to prove he's, he's drunk by kissing a photo of grandma, but he can't do it. 
Then Bart says, um, you know, the, you're going to want to hope that they do split up because the next thing you're going to have is a baby sister. And again, he's a shit to, to, to Lisa. Uh, yeah. the, That's the gag. The whole show has been Bart's mean to Lisa, but sometimes this feels like unnecessary. So she's baked mm. him cookies, skanks for nothing, Lamorella. Then they watch this cool new Fox show about teens, which is OC, which I thought was funny. Uh, it may be a little bit too long, but I just I liked the spin of Snoopy robbing them at the end. I thought that was good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bart then um, gets the idea from the from the show, which is why they included it. So Bart gets okay. the idea for for the bra, and uh, the TV writers are geniuses. Whatever they're getting paid, it's not enough. So this backfires on Bart though. So he didn't mean for Luann to blame Marge. He was just yeah. grabbing a bra from Marge's drawer, not realizing that Marge labels her bras. Why Marge labels her bras? I why is know. a grown woman labeling her bra? <laughs> ah, Marge does things. No, true. Whatever, but um, but so because of the the, the label on the um on the bra, um, this is why Luann thinks it's um it's it's Marge, but it's gonna lift and celebrate, lift her what is it, lift her suspicions and separate your parents. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes to tell Homer to tell your wife to stop sleeping with her husband, and Homer's taking notes. Nobody want to have sex with that loser. Oh, except yourself, of course. You know, he's, he's great. Then Homer can't believe that um that Marge. Mudge's bra has been found in Kirk's room. You know, he bought it for her boobs. Well, <laughs> he bought it for her boobs, not not Kirk. Of all the people for Marge to cheat on, why him? And Marge returns this. I thought this was good. I tell you what, <laughs> if you're going to ever return a melon to the store, put aside your afternoon or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes returning shit takes forever. Like, when's the last time you returned something? And when you're returning something, do you think, oh, this better be a good alibi? Because you don't want to just go there and say, I've changed my mind. You want to have an excuse I usually just say, oh, no, wasn't paying attention, well, picked up the wrong thing. I always just say, ah, oh, my mum bought, I bought this for my for my kid, but my, I didn't realise my wife had already bought it. <laughs> oh, like yeah. oh, if I'm talking about the supermarkets, usually, oh, I got the I got the regular version olive oil instead of the extra version. Yeah, whatever. but if it's, say I'm returning like a DVD or something or a, or a yeah. Blu-ray to, to a shop or whatever, it's like, <laughs> I guess they know what I like because, hey, my <laughs> girlfriend got me a copy and so did my sister. <laughs> All right. Have you got a receipt? Oh, they th- both threw them out. What are you going to do? Mm, I don't know. Maybe not allow you to exchange this one. Oh, no. I did that, I did that um, with two presents, two Christmas presents. So, bless my mum. This was a very Marge Be Not Proud moment. Very Lee Carvello's moment, right? Yeah. I'm a big Arctic Monkeys fan. Last two albums, early albums, loved them, right? Grew up with the Arctic Monkeys, loved them. And I remember being in town with mum that day. I think, what were we doing? Oh, she was, mum bought me some new sneakers from for Christmas. So I had to go in there and oh. get fitted for, you know, that athlete's foot store? Where you, yeah, yeah. You That's get, yeah. where I go for shoes all the time. Yeah, yeah. Big so, up to um, athlete's foot. Yeah, so mum got me that for Chris. So we're in town. I said, I'll go go JB and get some stuff. And I was looking through the, the records. I said, oh, shit. I didn't realize that um, they'd released this one on vinyl again. It was the Humbug album for Arctic Monkeys, which is like their fourth album, the third album, third album, maybe mm-hmm. third or fourth. Anyway, one of the earlier albums. Mum goes, well, buy, I'll buy it for you for Christmas. And I was like, no, 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 no. You've already bought me these shoes. They're fucking like $300 shoes. I'm like, that's enough. I don't want oh. any more. She's like, just, just get I'm like, I don't, mum, I don't want to. I feel bad. She goes, okay. <laughs> so then- Christmas Day comes around. I see she gives me extra. She goes, by the way, I've got you another present. Hands it to me. It's shaped like a record. I'm like, oh shit, she's got me humbug. Fuck yeah. I open it up and it's the new Arctic Monkeys album, which is pretty shit. And I was like, thanks, mum. As, as, as literally just like, 
there's no way I'm going to tell my mum this is not the album that I want. So I'm just like, oh, she's like, that's the one you wanted, isn't it? I was like, it is. She's like, see? I was like, it was like, it was such a nice moment. But literally, it was Bart getting Lee Carvello's party challenge for Christmas. But bless my mum's heart. And what I did was I took it back to JV Hi-Fi. And I was like, mum got me this for Christmas. I really wanted this Arctic Monkeys album. And the chip behind the counter is like, yeah, that's an upgrade. I'm like, it really is. <laughs> because it was sealed. <laughs> so the JB, I'm like, I never said she goes, just swap it over. I'm like, same price. So I just swapped it over. Not going to tell my mum that. But every time I look at Humbug now, I'm going to remember the story of my mum making the effort to buy me the Arctic Monkeys album. She thought she did, she thought she did such a great job and there was no way I was going to ruin that for her. She thought she gave you an album for Christmas. What she gave you was a precious memory. She gave me a precious memory, yes. An anecdote for the podcast. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> that, that's worth more than the album. Yeah, I think if she had have given me Humbug, I wouldn't have appreciated the Humbug album as much as what I yeah. do now because she gave me the wrong one. I'm like, oh, bless her heart. <laughs> yeah. Mum means well. She's yeah, probably she listening well. to this and going, fucking Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she would have gone, oh, that's sweet that he didn't ruin Christmas for me and embarrass her. But anyway, <laughs> uh, where, where, where were we up to? Um, I'm assuming I, was, I found the bra. Yeah, they found the bra. Yes. And then, as I was saying, how do you not have Luann confront Kirk? We don't see Kirk's reaction to this. We don't see Kirk ever again. We don't know what happened in the house of Van Houten. Yeah, how how does that happen? Like, I, I get that you What's want to include on? Marge and Homer, but uh, anyway. Mm. <laughs> what? You could have had them storm back over to the Van Houten's house and maybe, maybe Marge can question what was my bra doing in your bedroom, Luann? Mm-hmm. No, she yeah. just throws Homer out for not trusting her, and that's that. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were talking about returning the, the melon. That's right. So yeah, this is where Homer confronts Marge for good reason because his wife's bra was found in. I guess Kirk would you could say that Homer is Kirk's best friend from from that side of things. So Kirk's best friend is Homer. Do we ever see him hanging out with anybody else? More Flanders than anything else. No, no, no. I don't mean Homer. I mean Kirk. So from Kirk's side, Homer oh, is his best friend. I guess. Of all the people for March to cheat on. Why did it have to be me? Oh, boy, am I beat. If you want to return a melon to the grocery store, clear your day. Well, that answers the mystery of the missing melon. But I have one more question. Did you sleep with Kirk Van Houten? Oh, how could you ask me that? I repeat, did you sleep with Kirk? Oh, you're crazy. You're not saying no. Fine, no. I'm still not hearing no. No, no, no. Well, me thinks the lady doth protest too much. You don't trust me? After I salved every chicken pock on your ungrateful body? How dare you? I'm still waiting for that no. Get out of this house! Gladly! I get the anger that Homer doesn't trust you, but still, shouldn't you want to find out why your bra was in? <laughs> why yeah. was your bra there? <laughs> How does that happen? Is Kurt going through your fucking knickers and your bra drawer and taking it home with him? Who knows? But Is Milhouse doing that? Yeah. yeah um, Homer takes all the fridge uh, food out of the fridge and puts it in his suitcase because he gets kicked out. Bart realises that he's broken up his parents. Um, Milhouse then calls Dr. Wexler on her honeymoon. The kids then see Homer going through the um, the letterbox, as we call it here, the mailbox in America. I like that they have the Simpsons logo on it. <laughs> that is good. Here's what I was thinking. Sorry, just mm. quickly. I, just, I mean, this, this just came to mind. I mean, this whole Homer and Marge tension thing, if you laid a few, laid a little groundwork early in the episode, they're tense or they're snappy at each other for one, for one reason or another, or, you know, and the, the Van Houtens are over and they're all sort of juiced up on margaritas and maybe... Luann's being just flirty for a second towards Homer or something, or oh no, you could no, you could have that Homer sees Kirk complimenting Marge for her margaritas or something, so he thinks there's yes. something going on there. 
Yeah, yeah. He comes in at exactly the wrong moment and hears, oh, it's so tasty or whatever. I don't know. Mm. Or so spicy or whatever. I don't know. But, yeah, shave 10 seconds off the OC parody and do that. And then you won't make me so angry, which I know is what should be foremost in your minds, creator of The Simpsons. Shave the final act off and retweak and re- refix this. We, we should and make do, a, a, do a, a... Do a second draft. Let's make Let's do a side podcast here where we get the shit episodes and fix them. <laughs> <laughs> and review our versions of the episodes and see what people think. Yeah, and we give them five stars. <laughs> Great reviews on Apple Podcasts. I thought mom kicked you out of the house. I came to get my mail. Resident, occupant, I can't open these. Ooh, a traffic ticket. (laughs) I'd do anything to get your mother and that donut back. Okay, look, you and mom can fix this. What exactly happened between the two of you? Lisa, we don't need to know how. It's a natural thing that happens, like a hurricane or going to war. Well, I'd better go. Where are you staying? You know the Four Seasons? Well, I'm experiencing them firsthand because I'm living in the park. Bart, I think you're behind this whole thing. Yeah, I can see how you'd think that. But on the other hand... (laughs) I can read you like a book. Uh Uh-huh, you read books. If you don't tell Mom what you did, I will. Oh, come on. Wouldn't it be easier if our parents divorced and you compensated by marrying much older men? Meanwhile, I'll be one of those weird guys who's 35 and shows up at high school basketball games. Then we get Marge flipping the mattress. Just, why did I ever marry that selfish jerk? And I'm like, we've just had this story. (laughs) We've literally just had this exact same story two weeks ago. Bart then comes clean to her. She doesn't seem to care. Oh, Oh, she cares. She's like, that was a very bad thing you did. And I'm like... If it was yes. bad enough for you to want to divorce your husband, probably deserves more than just I'm going to erase the fucking games on your PlayStation. Yeah, more than just a, you know, a, a side route into a cheap gag about, you know, hip punishments, hip punishment magazine or whatever it is. No, not good. <laughs> didn't make, not that it didn't make sense, it just made dumb sense. Because the thing is, of all the things for this to happen, I've heard... <laughs> Homer has every reason, like I said, to not trust, to not believe her. The fucking yeah. prior was there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, as you said, you got the, the hit punishments. I will say though, if mum had erased my save games and my PlayStation 1 memory card, <laughs> woo, words would have been had. Words would have been had. And then he, she says that, um, or Bart says, you're not going to get a, a DAV URS. She tells him to go work on his spelling or she'll delete the custom ringtones off your cell, po- cell phone. It comes across a little bit like, hey, kids out there watching the show we're hip like we know we know what you guys are all about you like you like the crazy frog don't you yeah you're into that <laughs> mm. custom ringtones though were definitely a thing did you ever have a custom ringtone the polyphonic I never ringtones did. i never did because i just was driven mad by all those ads that you'd see on saturday morning you know it's like download this one and only pay you know however much it was it's like how about i just want a phone to go ring ring and then i'll pick it up now the polyphonic because- ringtone for me though my memories are that you would so you'd have the different sounds, do, 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 right? So every mm-hmm. every number on the phone was a different sound. You could go onto the internet and be like, sweet child of mine, custom ringtone, and you could get the code for it. But if you put like, I remember I, you only got like one crack, you couldn't like go back. So you had to like enter it all in the right order. I remember I made sweet child of mine. It was like, do, 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 do. I was like, you fuck it. It took me like three or four goes to get sweet child of mine. I'll never forget. And then after that, I just gave up. 
<laughs> I remember <laughs> you can make polyphonic ringtones on your, your Nokia 3315s, those old brick phones that probably still work to this day. And if you throw them into, against the brick wall, that still work. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got a whole uh, slew of people out there who are like, I'm, I'm taking back my attention span by not having a smartphone. I'm just going to have a... I'm going to have a Nokia brick, you know. If I get bored, I can play Snake. But otherwise, I'm just sending texts and uh, taking calls. I'm not going to lie. They're probably happier. They probably are. They can't, they, they can't listen to Four Finger Discount on their, uh, on their Nokia no, brick, probably not. That, that, is, that is true, yes. Make sure you have a phone that's worthy enough or good enough to be able to listen to this show and subscribe. But So we've got um, Real House here suggesting that they use Oklahoma as a guide instead. They're trying to work out what's another scheme we can do to get the, um, get the parents back together again. Bart's not a fan of the Oklahoma suggestion. Nor am I. That whole gag just laid an egg. It just went forever, didn't it? It did. Yeah. Yeah, Lisa is. Um, she says enough of the tricks. Our, our parents clearly need therapy. Um, and then Bart says he's got the most insane harebrained foolproof scheme ever. And they're apparently now at the top of a cliff. Milhouse has built a dummy Bart that smells like him. Mm. The parents then arrive because they both received notes to meet at this exact point. Bart then says he's going to jump off the cliff because they can't get back together. And then for some reason, which doesn't get explained, Milhouse can't tell which is which because his eyes are blurry. He's even wearing his glasses. Milhouse's glasses don't work, and that's even before he breaks them. Yeah, like what? What? Why can he suddenly not tell which is which? <laughs> I I don't understand, and I don't approve. It felt like there was like a gag they'd been cut out that they forgot to put back in, or like it was like yeah. Milhouse's visions. His glasses are foggy or something. Like yeah, or he breaks his glasses and then he can't tell the two of them apart. Or he's running towards them and his glasses fall off as at the, at that point. And he goes, but I'm already running. I can't stop. And then <laughs> yeah. he pushes the wrong. Just have it make some sort of sense. Um, he knocks Bart off, though, the real Bart. Homer then jumps in to save him. Bart uses him as a kayak, which was quite a funny visual gag. And then we, um, <laughs> we get them holding onto the rock. Uh, he comes clean to Homer. Homer starts choking him. Then Marge says, let go of the rock. You've got to trust me. <laughs> because the theme of this episode was trust. She's got her foot tied to a tree stump. She jumps in. They grab onto her hair and she somehow pulls them back up, even though she's hanging off the waterfall as well. Oh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> mm. They're all hanging off a waterfall. They somehow find their way back up. Mom, Dad, I'd give a kajillion dollars for you to get back together. Make it two kajillion. Oh, we'll lose the first kajillion to taxes. Well, I guess you showed you do trust me after all. Of course I do. The only thing I can't believe is that a woman as great as you would be married to me. Oh, man. Oh. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live in a world without Bart! <gasps> Can he swim? What do you think? This could have been a fucking awesome episode, in my opinion. It really could have been one of those episodes that you remember and you look back on and go... That's a story that sticks with me. It could, it could have had real emotion, real uh, a real character shift in the sense that I know you're saying you don't you you kind of need Kurt to still be pathetic, but I, I almost feel like the Kurt being pathetic is almost overplayed by this point. Mm. Yeah, he needs some sort of win. I don't know. I, th- I just yeah. thought. I think you've got you've got ends of the spectrum. I mean, I think you can have characters who are just winning all the time, and you know they're Teflon. Nothing of a bad happens to them. You've got characters who are born losers. And I think, you know, you've got then you've got a big spectrum to explore. I mean, have Gil be the guy who can never catch a break. Or he catches a break yeah. exactly once in the Sim- in the whole run of the Simpsons. Like, remember that time that Gil got a W? Fantastic. But, you know, yeah, sure make Kirk a bit of a 
a bit of a loser, a bit clueless, or a bit flimsy, or whatever. But you know, do it with some degree of reality. I would think. I'm fairly sure that Luann and Kirk stay together for a point going forward. Now, maybe that maybe they're even still together mm-hmm. now. Actually, now that I think about it, maybe this is the point where they just get back together again. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen them together in recent episodes. So it would have been nice to at least explain that. Because I know Bart says I at one so. point, we're supposed to break up your parents, but we broke up my parents. No, and I'm like, parents. it sounds like your parents are going to split up too, though. Milhouse's parents are going to split up too, though, dude, because Luann was pretty angry. What did we learn, Palmer? What did you learn from this episode, Mr. Davis? Then I should probably rewatch the OC from the very beginning. <laughs> the OC cast. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> the O cast. The O cast. I learned that for Nicola and my and our next birthday party, I'm going to be hiring a jumping castle because... <laughs> You're never too old to enjoy a jumping castle, but you, when you're at a birthday party, as in you know, as in, as uh, enticing as they look, you don't want to jump on it because a you're probably going to kill the kids that are on there because you're much bigger than them. But it's like you don't want to be that one adult that's like, oh, he's why is he why is he doing mm. that? But secretly, every parent there wants to get on that thing, but it's like it's a kid's birthday party, so you don't. Yeah. I want an adult birthday party with a giant jumping castle where adults can just fucking beat kids again. <laughs> get that bouncy house going. From this day forward, your name shall be... All right, it is time, Mr. Davis, for the Guy Davis New Name Championship for Season 17. The current leaderboard stands at this in first position. We have Nora Coker on five points. In second position, we have Luke McKay on three points. And Ryan Dunlap is in third position on two points. Take it away. All right, let's take it away. One point goes to Pox. Rocks and two smoking parents. Ooh, that would be one point to our man, Brian Hughes. It's the first time he's on the leaderboard this year. Congratulations, Brian Hughes. And look out for your review of Pee Wee's Big Adventure as well. Thank you so much, sir. <laughs> Can't remember that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's going to be the bulk of the review, Brian. Sorry, man. It's just me doing Pee Wee impersonations. Sounds like a good time to me. Beijing, Mr. Herman. <laughs> Two points for kirking my way back to you. Ooh, not bad. Ooh, D.L. Gorman has returned. D.L. with the two-pointer. Well done. Whoosh. Nice one, D.L. But three points go to a Millhouse Reunited. Ooh, the sequel title to a Millhouse Divider. Well done. That is to our man, Luke McKay. He's done it again. Luke McKay, you've done it again. All Congratulations right. and three points to you, sir. That bumps Luke to the top of the leaderboard once again. Uh, Luke McKay, six points in first position. Nora Coker still in second on five points. And we have equal third between Ryan Dunlap and D.L. Gorman, both on two points. Thank you so much to everybody who contributed to the Guy Davis New Name Championship this year, uh, this uh, this week, sorry. Don't forget, if you want to be a part of it, you just got to be a $1 plus patron. That's all you got to do to get access to that Facebook group and join in on the fun. DeVale! DeVale is here! Ooh! All right, guys, if you do have a question for us or just a message, you can send it through to uh, simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from each and every one of you. So this one here comes from Stephanie from Canada. Stephanie says, hi, Guy and Dando. Might be a bit late on this one since it's a question based on the girl who slept too little, but that's okay. In honor of the Stamp Museum, I've got a question for you. Ever since the first trip my fiancé and I took together, we often look for niche local museums wherever we go. We've gone to everything from the big, the, the Chopin Museum in Warsaw, Poland, um, apparently there's a big one there, to a small one, a museum dedicated to foxes and the fox fur trade in Canada. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. I got that one. Uh, her favorite will always be the uh, the Potato Museum in Prince Edward Island where <laughs> they tried potato ice cream and saw an exhibit about diseases that kill potatoes which featured a line of potatoes in tiny potato coffins. <laughs> Uh, she was wondering if we have ever spent any time in any niche or local museums that turned out to be a good way to spend an afternoon. Keep up the great podcasting, Stephanie from Canada. Well, thank you for the message and the question, Stephanie. Lovely, lovely to hear from you. Uh, there's actually, whenever Nick, Nick and I go to Achuka, which is like a, uh, what would you call it? A, a riverside town. country. Well, it's not a country town. It's pretty big, Achuka. But it's like border a, town. It's, yeah, you know, border it's town. A- yeah, in, um, in Victoria, the border of the Murray River, which divides New South Wales and um, Victoria here. It's a place he's... When I was growing up, it's a place you'd go to where it was always, always just seemed to be hot in Echuca. Mm-hmm. Like, wherever you go yes. to Echuca, it was always hot. That, that just seemed anyway. But they've got a, a museum now. I'm pretty sure it was, it's all about the, the, like the history of Echuca. And um, there's, it's, it's very small. It's, run, it's always run by like, this little old lady. just like a volunteer. Um, we always... Because there's not a great deal to do in Echuca, but we always find mm-hmm. ourselves going in there um, into um, in the in the Echuca Museum. What about you? Have you ever been to any niche museums? I remember going to one that was, um, oh, I've forgotten the name of the town, but it was a very, very small town. And this was a very, very small museum. But I think they were quite proud of their military history. I think they mm-hmm. sent a lot of their sons and maybe even daughters off to, the, off to fight for the good cause. Um, so there was a building that was like maybe two rooms that was just chock full of, you know, military paraphernalia, a lot of old photos and bits and pieces and all that. And I must admit, you know, I sort of went in going, I don't know about this. <laughs> um, and I didn't come out completely converted, but I must admit, I was like, this is a very, this is quite an interesting step back in time, I've got to say. So, I mean, yeah. look, museums are rarely on my, they're high on my to-do, not high on my to-do list when I go to new places, although maybe they should. But, uh, yeah, I remember thinking this one, hmm, not bad. Oh, yes, I feel like I've stepped into a little bit of a time machine here. But uh, I've never been to anywhere as interesting as that potato museum you talk about, <laughs> Steph, from Canada. That just, that just sounded lovely. Potatoes in coffins. It sounds like something that they would parody on The Simpsons. Like if one of the writers of The Simpsons went there, like, we are going to do a bit about this. Yeah. <laughs> Little potatoes in coffins is going to happen. I feel like you could be onto a big winner if they built a Simpsons museum somewhere. Filled with old school mm. Simpsons merchandise, old animation cells, signed this, signed that, just photos of guest stars in the studio, that kind of stuff. Yeah. A Simpsons Museum would dominate. I'd be all about going to that. I think that would be, you'd be definitely onto a winner with that one. But thank you again, Stephanie, for the question there. So as I, as I said, guys, simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. All right, I've got a couple of questions here from the patrons as well. Mm-hmm. Andrew JP says, what's your favorite Millhouse and Bart storyline? The mm. big one's Bart sells his soul. That's a big one, isn't it? It but- is, yeah. I do like when Milhouse falls, falls in love with the girl and Bart's jealous of her. Remember that? I do, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to remember the episode where Bart... No, Milhouse moved to the big city. Yeah, he moves to the big city. That's right, yeah. And he becomes like all gangster and stuff, like, like an become, Eminem, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. I also really liked when um, Bart... Well, Rainy Wolfcastle's daughter falls in love with Bart and he doesn't pay her any attention and she falls in love with Milhouse sort of out of spite. That was quite a good one as well. Is that what's up? Is that the what? Yeah, what's up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone remembers that moment, don't they? <laughs> Everyone's a gr- it's a great relic of the early 2000s. What's yeah. up? Remember that song that was just people saying what's up? <laughs> I just remember the ad for Budweiser. Yeah. It's just, you know, everyone, everyone's on the line. What's up? There was, a, there was a song that was just like three minutes of what's up? <laughs> uh, Adam Woolhouse says, what happened to Millhouse? He jumped in the river and then 
Yes, like there's a lot of open-ended things here, guys. <laughs> We're as confused as you are, sir. <laughs> yes, uh, Brian Hughes is Homer in the bathroom the most disturbing thing ever depicted on the show. I think it's fucking probably the stupidest thing I've seen on. It's probably the stupidest thing I've seen on The Simpsons doing this podcast. I I was not a fan. Um, it's I just would it, it's, have- it's it's out of character, even for Homer. It makes no sense. It's yeah. how would anyone find that funny? It, it's beyond me. I no. challenge anyone out there, simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me why this was good. Tell me why this was worth <laughs> putting into the episode. Tell me why a professionally paid writer thought that this would be a good thing to put into a Simpsons episode. You've got Dando riled up now. Al Jean, if you're listening, t- tell me, Al Jean, why you gave this the tick of approval. I'm confused, sir. <laughs> Final one here from Jake McFarlane. Like Homer in the bathroom, have you ever walked in on something you know you shouldn't have? I'll throw this one to you, Mr. Davis, first. Have you ever walked in on something? You walked in on Bobby, didn't you? Bobby and Margaret. <laughs> Never did. I don't know if they ever got busy after I was born. Um, oh, they probably did. <laughs> don't want to think about did. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like to think they saw me in all my youthful perfection and they said, let's make another one. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so that is our review of... <laughs> Uh, what was this one called? Millhouse of Sand on and Fog. Hope you guys enjoyed us going back and revisiting this one once again. An episode that I was left more confused after doing the review. I don't hate the episode, but I'm just I'm more just like disappointed. I'm disappointed in the writing of this. Well, I was about to say, I'm not angry, Simpsons. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, just a bit disappointed that you, you sort of lost your direction here a bit. <laughs> um, but the next episode we're going to be reviewing is Trios of Horror 16. Woo! Woo! Always fun revisiting the Treehouse of Horror episodes. Let's look at what the um what the segments are called uh, for this one here. We've got BI, Artificial Intelligence. We've mm. got Survival of the Fattest. And I've Grown a Costume to Your Face. And I'm pretty sure this is one of the best Treehouse of Horrors of all time, these three stories. I remember <laughs> really enjoying all of these. I could be wrong. I could be, you know, thinking of a, a different Treehouse of Horror. But going by those titles, I'm pretty sure, especially I've Grown a Costume to Your Face. I remember really enjoying that one. So... That is the next episode here of Four Finger Discount. We're going to be reviewing uh, Treehouse of Horror 16 to look out for that. Also got plenty of special guests coming up in future episodes. I don't want to say any names just yet, but some pretty famous Aussie comedians, some pretty famous people when it comes to the Simpsons community, some top dogs in the Simpsons reviewing community, other Simpsons podcasts. They're going to be coming on the show as well to review some classic Simpsons. So hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And if you do want to get early access ad-free to all of our shows, as well as the Facebook group and prize draws and Zoom calls and Tales of Futurama and the movie guys and everything else you're just going to be a patron and the link you'll find for that is in the description of this podcast please also continue to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify would really appreciate that as well and follow us on social media Four Finger Discount on uh, Instagram Facebook and Twitter at Four Finger Popper closing in on that 10,000 mark Mr. Davis we're about 8,300 right now I really want to hit 10,000 by the end of this year and I think we can do it I think we can make this happen so let's do it guys if you listen to this and you're not following us on Twitter at Four Finger Pod hit that follow button alright Mr. Davis this has been good fun it's always fun chatting with you whether you like the episode or not love seeing your face <laughs> it's our review of Millhouse of Santa Fog next one is Treehouse of Horror 16 any final words for those incredible listeners out there fear not good listeners the scabbing will heal Shh. 
Four Finger Discount is brought to you by our friends at Davy Boys Toys, Australia's number one source for action figures, statues, as well as the newest and rarest Funko Pop vinyls from around the world. Save 20% off your entire order with the code FOURFINGERDBT, as well as free shipping when you spend over $100. So grow your collection today at davyboystoys.com.au.